Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is May 20th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good, feeling pretty great, so no complaints. Uh, I've been sleeping like shit this week, but that being said, I at least got like a good, we'll call it like a, a nap. Yeah, it was a nice nap, and so my sleep feels regulated for at least, you know, the time being until I gotta, you know, lay back down, but, you know, all in all, good, we're feeling good. Food Corner, okay, we actually do have a little bit of things to talk about. Uh, I made Brenner, and uh, this version of Brenner for the night, I initially, the inspiration was, I'd realized that I hadn't had the um, Waffle House sensation, the Waffle House burger. So essentially, like, you can't actually order it. You were supposed to, like, someone had did a custom order that some sad, naive Waffle House uh, kind, let's just say kind too, because they, they, they did the most for this person. Um, and people would do this until they finally said stop. But essentially, you would get, I think it was like two waffles. Or maybe it's because the waffle is big enough you can do it this way. But you would just make it into a whole burger, a waffle burger. I was like, damn, that looks so good. But it's just unnecessary to obviously go order one. I'm broke as fuck. I ain't got time for that. So I was like, oh, I'll make one at home. But the problem was I only had enough batter for one waffle. And though my waffle was like pretty big, I would have had to like kind of just cut it and then like, you know, do. And I was like, you know what? By the time I got through all the logistics of it all, I pretty much said, fuck it. Let's just make burgers, hot dogs and a waffle, and we'll have some bacon, fries, chicken, I ate a lot, you know, it's like, fuck it, let's just, let's just make a fucking meal, throw a waffle on top of it, call it a day, so that's what we did, uh, it was good, worked out, um, still, um, you know, the waffle burger eludes me, <laughs> um, let's go ahead and take my little break, and then we'll do some news, all right, All right. From the AFP, bereft but alive, dazed residents clean up after Italy floods. Um, I lost everything except my except for these pajamas," said Fred Asoluzwa, um, bewildered and covered in mud, as he surveyed the mess left of his home after Italy's deadly floods. Um, but me and my family. We are alive. I thank God. We are okay. Uh, that is also from uh, a, uh, let's see. Oh, it's also from Fred, yeah. But yeah, uh, a total of 14 people have been confirmed dead in the floods. Uh, the latest, a man in Faenza, 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 man, Italy, Italian is hard, <laughs> Faenza, a picturesque city usually surrounded by green pastures and vineyards, but this week left largely underwater. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I had heard about this um, earlier in the week. I even, one of the streamers I actually wake up to is an Italian streamer. And he was saying, hey, like, I actually, like, had to stream a little bit later. My garage flooded. And I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Um, and just to see how the exact damage of everything, like, seeing pictures and everything. Um, yeah, it's just definitely a big mess. Um, you know, stories of people trying to literally sweep out mud with a broom like as futile as it is it's literally the only thing you can do so you're just trying you know uh so obviously a nasty development um though i think you know at least you know the city itself is recovering as of now so you know that's good but you know obviously a lot to uh pick up the pieces you know um let's see and some other news also from the afp uh, Cyclone Mocha death toll rises, uh, reaches 145 in Myanmar. Now, this was a story I kind of expected to be a little bit like any other weather story I've kind of covered, but with the AFP, it definitely added a little bit more context that I didn't really know, um, in terms of just some of the, the tensions between peoples in Myanmar. We've done a little bit of coverage in Myanmar, naturally, um, it's a military-ruled area, um, so the junta is uh, putting out the numbers. So that's kind of one thing they really talk about. So the death toll, according to them, is 145. Um, but when you actually talk to other town leaders and things like that, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, the I have 100 people in my town alone who were killed or who um, are missing or, you know, are dead. Um, oh, let me just read. Uh, a Rohingya... A Rohingya a uh, village leader previously told AFP that more than 100 people were missing from his village alone following the storm. Another leader based in Rak Rahine, uh, state capital of Sitwe, told the AFP that at least 105 Rohingya had died around the city, um, with counting still ongoing. So um, it's definitely like the... Uh, the junta has, like, played down the numbers. Also, um, they do not refer to the Rohingya as, like, the name that they would like to be called. They have another name that they refer to them, and they only say that 117 people have died. Um, and then there's also been 24 locals, so people that they say, like, actual people that should be there, and then um, four soldiers. So it just kind of adds, like, I guess, um, what I'm assuming is, like, racial tensions, or not racial tensions, but, like, just where you're from, these people are from here, so, you know, they're other, and this is one of those situations where they're kind of being persecuted, and that's obviously very fucked up. Um, yeah, uh, the Rohingya are from Bangladesh, um, and they're denied citizenship and access to healthcare in Myanmar, and require permission to travel outside of their own townships. So they're, you know, obviously their rights are heavily infringed upon here. And um, obviously that's very upsetting. But it's not surprising just looking at what I've, you know, gleaned from things going on in Myanmar in terms of, you know, the junta. They are definitely, you know, ruling with an iron fist. I feel like that's the, the way to say it. Um, let's see. But more about the cyclone. Uh, the cyclone had left at least 800,000 people in Myanmar in need of emergency food aid and other assistance. Uh, let's see. And that's according to the United Nations Food Program. 
the cyclone has made a bad situation much, much worse for millions of people who are already struggling to cope with pre precarious conditions. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's not good. You know, obviously bad weather. I, I, to be honest, weather is not something I necessarily love covering, but especially in the situation with the Myanmar, I'm kind of glad I did just cause I learned a little bit there, but, um, you know, it, it, it's crazy. I, I mean, you can talk about the global warming and things like that. I, I really feel like going forward that that's more or less just a baked in quantity. I feel like if you're not doing that, then that's kind of weird. Like, oh, this crazy weather we're having. Like, no, dude, this is just we're, we're on a dying planet. <laughs> we're like literally killing it. Um, I think there was some other news that's come out this week related to that in terms of like climate change. Like, hey, like we actually are showing you more evidence here that like, you know, the world is getting warmer and we can't stop it. It's literally like it, it's it's hard locked now <laughs> and you're going to be seeing more and more damage, more and more bad weather. Um, but I mean, it, it's going in a whisper. People don't care. They don't want they just don't want to give a shit. Um, so anyway, let's talk about some more um, international shit, uh, international news. Oh, excuse me. From The Guardian. There's that. There's the rest of that burp. It's in part one, part two. <laughs> uh, Greek government under fire after video shows pushback of asylum seekers. I uh, pushback. This is a new term for me. I fucking hate it. It, it. it It's like a pillow version of what the fuck is happening. So let me describe pushback as according to me. Essentially, it is where the Greek or uh, Greece, uh, the country is saying we do not want asylum seekers um, migrants coming to our country. So like, we are literally going to kick them out, physically kick them out. Like they, in the situation that is supposed to be the pushback that they deem to be legal. Um, when you're in international waters, let's say your, your, your boat, you know, your transportation that's coming into the country, we see it, we stop it. We say, no, you're not coming here. And we physically detain you and we like push you out. And I imagine the situation you're stuck there until another country kind of comes and picks you up where you're supposed to be taken or what have you. But you were literally pushed out of the country. You're, you were pushed away, um, which in this day and age where you have literal asylum laws and like th these are like supposed to be things that are kind of hard and fast across the world. But, you know. It, there are countries that go, no, we're going to tweak it a little bit. We're going to do a little bit here. And they use those liberties to literally just say, no, we're going to exile people. Like, you can't come here. Our borders are hard as fuck. Don't, don't try it. And essentially, Gre uh, Greece was, I keep wanting to say, <laughs> I keep wanting to say Greek. Um, Greece was like, oh, we will do a situation where, um, like I said, if it's international waters, well, you can't come. Sorry. Like, it's cringe, but whatever. We don't care. <laughs> um, but this was different. This was a whole nother level. This is a situation where not they had gotten past international waters. They were on land and they were literally forcibly kicked out of the country. They they were put in a van. That van was put on a boat. That boat was then put out on a raft and they were forced to wait until, um, I believe, Turkish um, authorities, you know, um, had came and, and taken them. 
and this was recorded um and it really just shows like hey you guys are clearly lying about this shit and this takes place i believe like two days before um polls open up for prime minister kiriakos um mio you know i'm gonna fuck this up kiriakos mitotakis um which is a center-right administration um no surprises there granted let me i'll keep going i mean really it's not I say center right like that fucking matters. It really doesn't matter whether you're right or left here. When it comes to most administrations, they do not give a flying shit about immigration. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're under it now. I mean, but I mean, we'll see if people actually vote and give a shit, you know, they might be okay with it. I, I have no idea. And what I mean by that is like, sometimes when you look at the the populace they go oh yeah that's so bad oh yeah like you'll see some like outrage but overall people will still vote the same people who made these policies made these things happen they okayed it um and that really is frustrating but that goes back to the the thought i i have on this podcast a lot that like yeah you know you might be a liberal person i might be a liberal person in my head whatever but like when you look at your state, when you look at your actual country, whatever, there's a strong leaning in a lot of cases to being like social conservative and um, where you just kind of play up this idea that like, yeah, we understand there's problems in the world, blah, 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 blah. But then you go into all these fucking meanderings about how like, well, you know, that's not our problem. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, we're doing things that are bad, but like, yeah, it helps us out. Like, Yada, yada, yada. Um, so, obviously, this shit, to me, is disgusting. Like, they literally have a reason to be here. They are fleeing, like, a hostile situation. And you're like, yeah, but, like, fuck that. Just get out of our country. And um, that's just not the way that it should be. Even by their own laws. Even by their own laws that they've augmented to be like, oh, well, if we catch you out of our waters. Like, no, these people had made it. So, like, you should be giving them asylum. And you're like, no get the fuck out um on a raft like literally there there are women children on this fucking raft and they're like we don't care good luck <laughs> it's disgusting um so yeah wanted to cover that came up on my radar uh let's see let's see let's see not that like this last story is any better and we're going to obviously coming back to the good old us of a our borders um so, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. Um, anyway, let me go and take my break before we finish it off. Ooh, sorry. Too good. Okay. From NBC News. Eight-year-old girl dies in U.S. Border Patrol custody in Texas. The number of migrants seeking to cross uh, U.S.-Mexico borders appears to have dropped significantly since Title 42 was lifted. They couldn't wait to tell you that, by the way. That's so fucking weird, by the way. This is a story about how a girl dies, dies in our custody 
but by the way, they can't wait to tell you. <laughs> they don't want they don't want to bury the lead for real for real. And hey, Title 42 gone, Title 8 working great by the way. Working great by the way. <laughs> ah, ugh. Anyway, let's get into the story. An 8-year-old girl died Wednesday after she suffered a medical emergency in U.S. Border Patrol custody in Texas, authorities said. Uh, the girl and her family were being held at a facility in Harlingen near the Mexico border, uh, Custom Patrol, Customs and Patrol Protection said in a statement. Um, emergency medical f- services were called to the station and transported her to local to a local hospital where she was pronounced dead, the statement said. Um, adding that the Office of Professional Responsibility would conduct an investigation as is standard in the case of death. Okay, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, the person who died was an eight-year-old girl, Anadith um, Riez. And um, she was from... Um, I believe in, yeah, she's from, born in, uh, Panama, uh, but she had a heart condition and, um, essentially her parents were like, look, you know, we need to get her more treatment. We can't get it here. We uh, living is hard. Like we're in a situation where we need to get her, we need to get her to the U S we need to get to the, we need to get to America. Um, Santos, who was, um, her aunt. Um, said her mother saw the U.S. as a country of opportunities for her daughter. Um, and that was the reason they went across the border this month. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> Anadith wasn't feeling well, and she had tested positive for the flu. Um, and this is according to Santos. Santos said... Her mother had taken Anadith several times to be checked out by authorities while in custody. And Wednesday morning, the girl wasn't feeling well again and with pain in her back and shortness of breath. After the mother took Anadith again to be checked out by medical personnel, they took her to the hospital. Uh, They left her there in the waiting room, and that's where the girl died. Um, So, I mean... It's one of those things where on the surface, they're going to say, hey, we did everything we were supposed to do. But then when you look at the personal account, that's not that's not what happened. Like you literally had a girl who was dying and you didn't care. You shrugged it off. You shrugged it the fuck off. And you're going to say, oh, you're going to do an investigation, but you're going to say, oh, we did everything right. You're everyone's going to cover their own fucking asses in the story. And it's all going to move along. Because like I said, what's the real fucking lead in the story? Title 42 is lifted, but this new thing, it's working great. And they for sure go out of the way to fucking tell you that. Um, there also was another uh, 17-year-old unaccompanied migrant from Honduras who died last week at a facility run by the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, this was in Florida. Uh, his name was Angel Eduardo um, Merianda Espinoza. And um, there was a whole investigation for that. I called for a full investigation and a criminal investigation if any wrongdoing was found. Um, so we'll, once again, we'll see about that. But um, here's at the end. Uh, Blas Nunez Neto, the Assistant Secretary of Homeland Security for Border and Immigration Policy, told reporters at a briefing Wednesday 
that the daily average of encounters with migrants seeking to cross the border since May 12th has fallen from more than 10,000 to just over 4,400, including uh, fewer than 4,000 Tuesday and Wednesday. This represents a decrease of 56% or less than half of the average encountered excuse me, in the four days leading up to the lifting of Title 42 when the Border Patrol encountered an average of 10,100 individuals each day. Um, so, once again, yada, 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 but a whole person died here. And they also covered that another person died here. It just goes to show the struggle it takes for people to just try to get into a country so that they can have some safety and some solace. And that country saying, we want to do everything possible to keep you from coming here. Even though, once you get in here, we want you to work for as little money as we can fucking give you. Because we could use the help. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a tale as old as time. And it's fucking worldwide. I, I, I would like to see more people upset about that. More people outraged about that. Um... And for that to affect, and, you know, you see that in our politicians. And not just in America, everywhere. But, you know, more of a talking point. I don't know. Probably less of a thing. But thank you so much for tuning in. And um, I do have a Patreon if you'd like to support this little scuff podcast that I do. Patreon.com, such as AI News. Uh, you get access to bonus content. You get the 100%. Uh, I do uh, one episode every week, usually. So you get access to all that content. And then also you get a hot link to the Discord. I will say the Discord is free. Just have to hit me up for that. And you also become a Newsy. Newsy shoutouts. I say your name on the podcast once a month. And then I also shout out a project you're doing. So, you know, that's the thing. Um, also, three ways to hit me up. IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. Also, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, on the Instagram, I'm on the YouTube, so feel free to, you know, hit the subscribe, the bell, the likes, the follows, all that fun shit, wherever you're listening and trying to interact with me on. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope that wherever, whenever this finds you, it finds you, once again, it finds you well, and that you're having a nice sunshiny day. Hopefully the weather is good for you where you are, when you are. And um, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.